This week on The Reverse Stick, turf troubles in Ireland, doubling down on dopers, and get ready for another memory-sapping app to cook your phone. Greetings and welcome to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee and I am joined by... Matt Allen. Welcome, 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 John. As we always say every week here on (laughs) the Reverse Stick, just give it a whack. That's that's probably your best effort so far. Uh, Just Just give it a whack. Just give it a whack. Here on the Reverse Stick, the Global <laughs> Hockey Podcast, episode 161. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us once again for the weekly Global Hockey Podcast. Thanks for giving it a whack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you are playing hockey this weekend, make sure you just give, give it a whack. whack. And that's not shins. Um, how was your hockey week? Uh, good. I just had the perfect, almost almost perfect hockey day last Saturday. Eight o'clock start, well, early, <laughs> early start to get to the grounds for the, the junior hockey. Home for two hours. Off to umpire a game. Your boys in the game you didn't play. Yeah. Played a half at the same venue for the over-40s boys. Jumped in the car, drove to the turf and played a full game and had a 1-0 win uh, to keep us in a very slim chance of oh, finals. Really? That's a mathematical possibility. Oh, well, it's still there. You so, gonna, which team are you going to play with? No, I don't qualify for anybody else. No, there's no, journey finals. It's tough this year because of the top two rather than having yeah, the, you know, you the spots yeah, open for, yeah. the, for the four sides. And that. But there we go. Um, yeah, no, yeah, pretty good. I've um, taken on a new role <laughs> as well to get all the, uh, the, the summer social stuff organised. Oh, really? Organized. Is this yeah. another administrative role? <laughs> it, is, it? it is an administrative <laughs> role, yeah. I couldn't have myself, could I? Guess what I did last week. What did you do last week, John? I went to training on Thursday. Did you? I, I trained. Not, not not last night, you didn't? No, I didn't. No, the week, I'm, bef- I'm the never, week before. Yeah, I'm yeah. never training again. Oh, no, you didn't last very long, did you? No, I, I did something to my hip. I injured my hip. Right. And I played on Saturday about 40% rat power and just... Doubling around the field. Well, I heard so one you, no more training. I heard one of your gun players went off. I saw him last night with uh, eight stitches above his eyebrow. Well, <laughs> headbutting balls is not a good idea, no. Sloth. Admittedly, poor bloke, he did cough a ripper. So you lost in that game, but your other boys won, and that was the game that I umpired. Yes. Um, How did you, chicken wing? Uh, didn't get, chicken wings? I don't know what happened. Um, I was on the, the Riverside um, field. He played on the far side when I'm in, in the first half, and then he was on the far side in the second half as well. So no, away from you. no chance for the chicken wing uh, blow. I did. I did have a few blows though. The cards were coming out. At one stage, we had. Um, I, I sent two players up to the centre line for breaking at short corners, and then so there was two players and a keeper left on the goal line, and then one of those players there was already one behind the goal on a yellow card for violence. Um, <laughs> And then one of the two that was left on the goal line, he wouldn't shut up, and I gave him three or four chances. Well, mate, I've had enough green card for you. Off you go. Right, we'll get the short corner going again. Oh, hang on. One of you boys are going to have to come back, come back down here. Then the keeper started having a go, and I said, mate, I don't want to send you off as well, okay? Just shut it. Shut up. Or shut up, shut up, shut up, all of you. Unbelievable. Over 50s. Well, it's, uh, you couldn't even say it's like a playground because they just can't bloody help themselves, can you? Yeah, what, uh, that was Frio and, um, uh. Et al. Huh? Et al. We won't, we won't go naming names. Aren't we? No. Why not? Not of opposition teams and I've sent people off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's great protocol. RL, isn't it? Used to be. But then they combine, two oh, clubs combine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm with you. But that's, yeah, so it was good, it was good, good hockey weekend, and it was Father's Day on the Sunday, so I was spoiled rotten by the, uh, by the girls, it was, uh, had lots of warm and fuzzy feelings, lovely, lovely, lovely. Good stuff. News. Well, bit of news. Hockey's back in action in a lot of places in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Germany, uh, got under, in fact, they, one game did get underway before our show last week. It shows how much notice we were paying to what's going on in Europe. The opening game of the men's Bundesliga uh, was a 3-1 win for Rottweiss Köln um, against Krefeld. Krefeld, of course, of uh, Ronan Gormley at the helm there. Uh, Ruhr opened the, opened the scoring for uh, the Red Whites. 
Um, and do, 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 do. oh new, yeah, new man Mink van der Veerden uh, scored two. Uh, Linus Mikler um, pulled one back in the last quarter for Krefau, but that was uh, to get things under underway there. Now, that's sounds called... like he should be a lead singer in some sort of new wave rock band. Brr. No, Mink Mink, van, Mink, Mink van der Veerden. He's kind of got the hair. He's got a. He's got that. I would say there's a. Couldn't you see the Daily look, Mail headline? He'd look good in the eighties. Yeah. Early eighties. Mink's sorted to a. Uh, no. Sorted to a, you know. Uh, anyway, that's a split season over there. So they got the first half completed because uh-huh. they always have the traditional indoor break, which they did have, but didn't get going on the, the second half of the season. Now, it was supposed to be a, a split format for the second, st- second half of the season beginning in May due to the Olympics that yeah, was, yeah. was due to come up. So they played the first half, finished that on the 20th of October. They've now restarted the, the second half of the season, but it's in the original league format. Over there, and uh, so there was games there last weekend. Um, uh, Ullenhorst and Mannheimer had a, a two-all draw. Uh, I won't go through all the scores there, but the interesting, uh, uh, just quickly on the women's as well, that was underway there as well. Zellendorf Wasps uh, had a two-nil win over Munchner. Uh, HTHC women three-nil winners over Rottweiss Köln. Uh, but the big story over there this week, John, is that they were set for. Um, Double games this weekend, and the news is. Let me just scroll down here. I've got a lot of information. This is from the Bundesliga site. The Hockey Bundesliga has two COVID 19 diseases to report immediately after the first weekend of the league game after the long corona break. The men's teams from Harvestur to THC uh, from Hamburg and from Nuremberg HTC have informed the association that their players have tested positive. Uh, which means uh, uh, it was a member of the HTC management team had tested himself immediately after returning from a holiday destination that's not considered a risk. Uh, This test turned out negative, so the player started training. After a few days, however, he showed symptoms of illness, due to which this player was not used on the Bundesliga weekend. Another test on Monday gave a positive COVID-19 result. HTHC then immediately had its two Bundesliga squads fully tested, with the two other infections in the men's teams coming out. These two players had not even noticed the disease themselves and therefore played point games at the weekend. So the two home games for Harvest Huda this weekend against Rottweiss and Nuremberg, they're off. Um, sorry, Nuremberg HTC are off. Now, they still get to play this weekend, I think, uh, in, in their first game and not in their second game because they're playing against Harvest Huda and they've been shut down. So with the exception of the three players infected with corona, all the other players in the squad were tested with a negative result. But the responsible health department ordered the quarantine measure as a precaution. Yeah. So there we go. So already just two weeks into the season, um, that's where we're at. Uh, of course, Hoof's class got underway in the Netherlands as well. Some great action on hockey.nl on YouTube. All the highlights, all the goals there. Um, in the men's competition, Amsterdam started with a 5-1 win over Hurley. Bloemendale 5-2 up over Almer. HGC 3-0 up over Tilburg. Kampong 5-0 up against Klein Switzerland. Arangi Rude 4-1 down at home to Rotterdam. And Pinoke losing 3-2 at home to Den Bosch. And in the women's comp, uh, they had five games at the weekend. Now, this is all brand new 2020-21 competition, yeah, yeah. so there's no hangover from okay. uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, women's, Den Bosch 6-0 up over Victoria. Arangi Rude 2-1 up over Laren. Stitcher 3-2 up over Blumendahl. HDM 2-1 up over Hurley. And Pinoke 2-0 up over Kampong. Lots of interesting moves, new players involved. Yeah. Do check out the uh, the women's highlights, though, on uh, hockey.nl on YouTube. Uh, Frederica Mattler, I think she got four or five of their goals in their 6-0 win, all on, on the reverse. Um, oh, really? I, think, I think every goal in that game for them was on the, was on the reverse <laughs> stick, on the, on the backhand, yeah. So that's Thanks for the uh, plug, girls. But it, yeah. Um, but, you know, some great footage. And what's interesting to look at how they've got the cameras set up. They've obviously, as part of the, the contract there, means if you want to be featured in the top league, you need to have... A camera behind each goal. It seems to have they seem to have sort of action cams that are set up there. Um, a wide angle um, shot, and then two cameras going into the D's as well. So it's not perfect, but there's how many pr- cameras do you good. reckon it took? 
to cover the ground. Well, it would have to be, uh, what, what did I just say then? One, two, three, four. It'd have to be five cameras to, to cover it. And most of the footage is pretty good HD quality. Okay. A few light issues with a, a, yeah. a couple of the angles um, on some of it. But it's, it's out there. But, you know, it's good to see. Excellent. Uh, Ireland as well. They had semi-finals in the yeah. Irish Cups, which that is left over from last season. Let me just get the results up for that, John. Uh, Lisna Garvey will meet UCD in the Irish Senior Cup final in two weeks' time. Uh, where are we Good now? Luck. So a week and a, week and a half time. Oh, excuse me. Who's that? Ashley Morrison sending something through to Is us. He? There. Yeah. Wonder what he wants. He's ringing up to complain about us talking about him wearing chinos. Yeah. We know it's true. Yeah, we do. We saw it again. Yeah. Saw, <laughs> saw it again today. <laughs> we did. <laughs> uh, yeah, Liz Nagavi beat Glenan 4 0, and that's your phone this time. <laughs> you know who that'll be. You CD beat Cookstown. It wasn't me at all, it was you. Oh, I'm going to silence this as well, just in case. Great production values as ever. But yeah, good luck if you're getting out onto the field. I can see in, in England a lot of practice matches are, are taking place at the moment. You're just interested in reading what he's got. Yeah, I am. Because we're going to talk about this soon, but it's funny that he sent this through right now. Anyway, keep going. Uh, yeah, that, that'll Is do the, the wrap up in um, in Europe so thus far. Okay, good luck to we'll, everybody. We'll, we're getting to the pointy end too, aren't we? We'll we'll, we'll keep our eye on that as the uh, as the season develops. Uh, yeah. Uh, repost those links and where you can watch some of the highlights video. Wouldn't it be great, John, to be able to see those games live? It would be good. I think. Um. More news coming off the FIH website. Okay. FIH delegates its global anti-doping program to the International Testing Agency, the ITA. Never heard of them, but we'll find out in a minute. The International Testing Agency welcomes the International Hockey Federation as its newest partner in the fight for clean sport. Wait a sec. Isn't this the FIH website? Wouldn't the FIH be welcoming the International Testing Agency in a release yeah. on the FIH website? Anyway, the ITA will manage the entire... I think what's happened is they've just lifted off the release from the ITA website. Uh, the, uh, the ITA will manage the entire anti-doping program in the Olympic team sport and the FIH will retain results management. The FIH decided to have its entire anti-doping program run independently by the ITA. A four-year contract between the two organisations marks the start of cooperation. In a transitional phase until the end of 2020, the ITA will initially manage the FIH's out-of-competition testing activities, and from the beginning of 2021, the full anti-doping program. This includes in and out of competition testing, athlete blood passport administration, therapeutic use exemption management, risk assessment, test distribution planning, whereabouts and compliance management. The FIH will maintain the results management within its structures. Based on the shared conviction of the two organisations that knowledge and prevention are crucial factors in deterring athletes from using prohibited substances deliberately or inadvertently, an emphasis will be put by the ITA on rolling out a strong education program for the FIH. So what's in place at the moment? <sighs> well, then there's a couple of paragraphs from the... the um, Head of the Director General of ITA, Benjamin Cohen, blah, blah, and FIHCO, Terry Vale, blah, 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 so things that people in those positions say when they make these sort of announcements. That's really interesting in a lot of ways, Matt, because um, let's, let's take uh, Australian athletes as an example, and yep. it would be the same in many countries. They were already under an anti-doping program. Uh, run by ASADA, which we, what used to be called ASADA, the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Agency. Yeah, well, it's now a, called... Well, there was, an, there was an announcement on Wednesday, the 19th of August, so pretty recently. It's now to be called Sports Integrity Australia. Uh, so it takes on those some of those uh, ASADA um, roles purely dealing with doping side of things. So... That's so an, interesting an athlete, thing. who are you... Who are you who, well, that's it. Whose you, jurisdiction are you responsible to? Well, that's it. If you, if you want want to get a clearance on a therapeutic drug to make sure it's okay, do you have to go to both bodies? To Do you go to one of them and then you get a visit from the... You, you, you go to Sport Integrity Australia and then you get the all clear from them. Then you get a knock on the door at six in the morning from somebody from the International Testing Agency and uh, 
Oh, you all you have... haven't got an exemption from them on it. Now, now we've got three levels of bureaucratic administration involved in this. You've got the FIH, you've got the ITA, and you've got the, the local, regional, and plus the Olympic. So you've, Olympic, got, yeah, yeah. you've got several layers of administration all doing the same thing, essentially. Now, what happens if an athlete is tested on the same day by two organisations and comes back with two different results? Different results? <laughs> Now, people go, oh, that won't happen or whatever. No, I'll tell you what. These are exactly the things that do happen when you don't consider them before you move into these spheres. Now, maybe they have, maybe there's memorandums of understanding, but there's nothing on here that says there's memorandums of understanding with already established government-run bodies. Now, the ITA is not a government-run body. It's an organisation that's set out. It's a company. Well, that's it. Are they a commercial operation? Well, or or or, Or are they funded by... The likes of the IOC. Well, who, as, 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 what, as, what's, what's the WADA then? That's the World Anti-Doping Association. Okay. So, how many anti-doping associations are there? Uh, 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 under whose jurisdiction do these different uh, organisations run? Are you setting me homework? Yeah, no, no, I'm not really. But these are all questions that we should be, and the athletes should definitely be asking. Hang on a sec, I'm already getting tested over here. I've already got this regime that's taken me, and now I've got another regime? Why? How much money is being wasted by doubling up these things? And uh, if you're not happy about it as an athlete, who's speaking on, on behalf of you and yours? No one. No one. Anyway, because let's face it, we know, because we hear it anecdotally from people, that players don't want to speak up and speak out about things because it puts their spot in jeopardy. Yeah. And and they have no voice, which is very sad. Look, this might be a great thing. It might be a very good thing. But on the surface, it just raises a lot of questions. It's just, well, why? What was wrong with the previous doping arrangement, which I'm... Oh, uh, as far as I was aware, it was conducted in this country by the ASADA or whatever they're called there. Yeah. Um, you know, are there going to be other government organisations in other countries that just go, well, no, <laughs> that's our power, and we're the only organisation within this country with the legislation behind us to carry out this activity. You mean like somewhere like Russia, maybe? Like Australia. <laughs> like any country that would... All of these things come under legislation... Otherwise, you can't enforce people to do it, can you? No. So it, it just opens up, for me, a whole lot of, well, what ifs? What, what, what? I mean, what, what, what strikes me too is that all of these things that talk about um, integrity and all that sort of stuff in sport, it's only about the athletes. If you really want to go in and dig deep and find out where the crimes are going on in sport, you know, I reckon there's a few other areas you should be looking at where dodgy things are going on. Well, no, but on. I understand it. If it, as you prove, prove, you prove, uh, uh, two weeks ago talking about who has to fall in line with integrity within the FIH, and that goes yeah. all the way down to you and me as club level players. And officials involved with clubs, you could have a non-playing club secretary, for example. Well, the ITA according to all of the, the, the things that we've read, are allowed to come and test you. And let's face it, we did this a couple of years ago. We, we, we got the numbers. We had the numbers from how many tests are conducted. And compared to a lot of sports, hockey is very lightly tested. Yeah. Now, I think it's a little bit different in this country because of the way the ASADA organisation works. And we know anecdotally of players who have been absolutely hammered by drug testers mm-hmm. and other members of their team never get visited. Um, it, it's an interesting conundrum. Let's just look at the draw, surely, isn't it, John? Well, no, these things are targeted, <laughs> my friend. You know that. They target test. Um, it's, uh, and any, any testing program is only as strong as the, the amount of testing they do. And let's face it, a lot of the things that they, that they have banned from the sport, you can't test for anyway. Or if, if you can test for them, you've got to basically, the person's just taken it, and you, unless you test them within 12 hours, you're never going to know that they took anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, this is a far bigger conversation but, well, no, that's than a bit, just that's, hockey. Yeah, but there's also that conversation about um, 
performance enhancing drugs and recreational drugs as well, which is a little bit more and, what you're alluding and, to there. Yeah, and, and integrity, obviously out of competition testing, in, integrity in sport goes beyond just players or players using drugs. The, the integrity in sport goes all from the very top all the way through to us, as you mentioned, and it involves administration of the sport. It involves the, the officiating of the sport. It involves all of those areas. And it's not just, it shouldn't just be about drugs, but every time these organisations come out and talk about integrity within their sport, all they are addressing is drugs. Uh, there's not an agency out there that goes, we're actually testing the, um, the reliance of your constitution. <laughs> are they? They're not out, they're not out there going, look, we're checking, we're checking all of the executive bank accounts to make sure that they're not siphoning. Do they do any of that? No, they don't. It's just about drugs. So maybe all sports should be having a look at all areas of integrity. Well, John, if you think you know something, you know that there's an integrity, integrity officer you can get in touch with. There's a whistleblower email address on FIH.ch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go I for it. I know about that. Go for it. I have absolutely no faith in those well, words whatsoever. Well, I might put one in against you for some of those inflammatory tweets that you keep putting out. You know. Well, you can only get away with it so long before some... John, before somebody flags it up, and I might just be that person, and you could, you could be getting a phone call. What? What? Well, what? just some of the stuff you put out there about hockey fives and the like. You know, you might be upset. Shh, I heard you listening. Hello. Yeah. Okay. You better shut up. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. And if you are in doubt, just give it a whack. Give it a whack. Give it a whack. Um. We mentioned Ireland a little bit before. Should we do that story now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this came up from uh, the Irish Examiner. Out of Connaught. Connaught. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Not Kate. Who, uh, who's written that in the Irish Examiner? Oh, it's Findo. <laughs> Stephen Findlay has written it. Um, well, they've been very active on social media and lots of um, hockey players and other sports stars from the region wearing face masks, getting behind this campaign. Okay. And now, that campaign is the... What is that Gaelic? I think it worked. I thought it was sort of like Italian or French or something, but anyway. Connacht Hockey has launched their... After you? Miss Nietzsche ...campaign to arrest the alarming decline in facilities for the sport in Galway and stop local clubs being forced to turn away new members. Since the 2018 World Cup silver medal and last year's Olympic qualification, the five clubs in the city have been inundated with requests from young girls to take up the sport. Fantastic. While interest is at its highest, the ability to cater for them has become markedly more challenging, with the recent decision to replace the Oren Moore AstroTurf pitch from 2G to a 3G surface, unusable from a hockey perspective. It means over 200 newcomers will likely be turned away this season with just NUIG's Danganvich on the west side of the city serving Renmore, Kinvara, Galway, NUIG and Greenfields Hockey Clubs. The nearest other pitches are in the provinces in Athlone and Sligo. Athlone and Sligo. Not, not just, not right on the doorstep. No. Um, Look, that, that's really worrying because, look, we've seen the rise of turf pitches and it's great. Turf pitches, fantastic. But what we're seeing is that um, in in a hurry to get pitches and, and be involved with the turf, they're, they're very expensive. So people are having to uh, double up. Yeah, but so well, it's, it's going into multi-sport, multi-sport, and, multi-sport. And, multi- and multi-sport facilities. But the thing not, is, not that dedicated hockey facilities. Although I'd say if you've got five five clubs um, using two turfs there, that would pretty much use up all of your turf time, wouldn't it? Unless you you're looking so. at out of traditional hockey time. So you've out got school school sport happening, yeah, and out of, out yeah. of season. Things. Now, the problem with that is that we're we're now having to um, our, our sport. Is, is becoming taken over by other sports who want to, because of the, the, you know, there's only so many resources, there's only so many pitches, so councils go, oh, well, we can put this pitch down and they can play hockey there too. 
Yeah. But we all know that hockey can't be played effectively on pitches that aren't designed specifically not, for not hockey. On these, not on these 3G fields, no. 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 Well, the, the, there was that announcement a few weeks ago, wasn't there, about a few different federations coming together with a, a new 2G style of field to suit uh, you know, a, a broader group of four or five different how, sports. How many times have we seen this exact same story coming out of England where clubs are being forced to fold because they can't get turfs because the local council won't put down a hockey pitch. They'll only put down a multi-sport pitch. Multi-sport meaning you can play football on there. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, and just as a case in point, um, there's, there's a tweet put out the last day or so, eight hours ago, as Wes talking, from USA Field Hockey, and it has nothing to do with turfs as such. It's about a new anti, a new COVID-19 medical advisory group that's starting up for Division One, blah, blah, blah. But it has a photo attached to it, man, and it's a photo of a hockey game going on what on a turf pitch that is a football turf pitch. American football. American so. football. It is not a hockey field. There's a deep, there's a deep pile, and there's the pile is deeper than. Probably about 50% of grass fields that we would play on regularly The, the here. field I played on on Saturday, grass field, was better than that field that they're playing on yeah, there. Yeah. Now, if America, if the Americans want to know why they're struggling at world <laughs> level, I'll give you the tip right now. If you're playing on that crap, you are going to struggle against when you get on really good pitches against teams that... Always play on really good pitches. Those girls are on a hiding to nothing if they continue to play on those sorts of surfaces. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Uh, there's nothing wrong with grass, folks. Turf's fantastic. Turf's wonderful. But it is not the answer to every question. Well, look, let's hope Connaught Hockey can convince the pollies and the local sports bureaucrats there that it's something that is needed. Um, in, well, the, in the region there, and it, and it clearly is. Hockey have got to think about it too, because grass is multi-use. And we're not saying all hockey should be played on grass. Yes, we need clubs to have pitches for top-level hockey. But we're talking about 200 young kids wanting to come down and play the game. Why can't we put them on a grass field and let them enjoy it? You can enjoy hockey on grass, believe it or not. I know Adam Commons has a problem with that. <laughs> Maybe he should come down and play some grass hockey sometime. Oh, I think he's played a bit when he, when he lived over in Perth, in the northern suburbs. He wouldn't have been playing on grass. Masters, yeah, yeah. He, before, when he was over here, he, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Raiders, I think his, his club is. That no, was midweek, over 40s did he won. Oh, was it? Playing with... Wasker well, maybe that's where yeah, he, yeah. why he hates grass, because he wasn't good enough to get his skills <laughs> together to play on it. Maybe he couldn't trap on grass. <laughs> I don't know. It just... I'm not anti-turf. I'm not anti-turf. I'm pro-playing hockey. And if we can put 200 more kids on a grass field and have them playing hockey, then that's a good thing for the sport. Turning 200 people away because we won't play grass on a hockey, uh, hockey on grass, is so Dumb, it's not funny. So have you uh, spent many winters in Galway on the West Coast there? Hey, <laughs> you spent many What's winters? that got to do with it? Being, being actually able to play on a grass field. Well, you, you'd be able to play on a grass field more often than you would be on a turf field. No, just weather-wise, you can't. Yeah, you just no, no, no weather-wise, you would be able to play on grass more often than a turf no, field. I, I disagree with that in somewhere with pretty wild weather. The solution and is... And it doesn't no, make any difference whether you're on grass or turf then, does it? Of course it does. No, yeah, it no, 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 If you're not going to be able to play because it's turf and you're not going to be able no, no, to play no, no, because no. of weather on turf or grass, it doesn't matter. No, no, no you're, you're right. still not going to play no, whether no. you've got turf or whether you've got grass. You're right that there's issues with sometimes in the UK, even with those all-weather astroturf fields, you get snow, you get flooding, you get all those things. But there's less opportunity to play on actual grass fields in the winter than there is to play on turf. That's, you know, that's why they're down. But... The solution comes in, what we've spoken about before is switch it to a summer sport there. And, and then you don't have a problem with the grass, do you? Although you do need more water to. <laughs> you're putting that water on the grass to grow it anyway. Yeah. And you're putting a whole lot more water onto a turf. Yeah. Than you ever would on grass. Anyway. Oh, you're listening to the Reverse Tech, the Global Hockey Podcast. Um, yeah. I've got something for you. Okay, go on. Uh, I haven't done the jingle, jingle for this one. Social media fail of, of the week. week. Just a little tip 
to all the amateur social media um, people out there, if you're going to put a word search on your website and out on social media related to stars of the game, and you write their name in the little box at the bottom, little box at the bottom, find this person on the word search. Please make sure you write, you spell their name correctly on the word search. Because I don't know who Tani Rample is, um, but I know a Rani Rample couldn't find her anywhere in the latest FIH word search on their fo- on the on the Tarny site. Rample. Don't know who Tani is. I think I've seen one of her videos, Tani. Have you? Yeah. One of those internet things. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, that's my little social media favourite. Okay. Speaking of social media, apps, mate. Uh, right. Apps. Well, it's uh, four days to go, John, until Watch Hockey, the digital home of hockey, is available. It says download now. I've just been to the app store. I've searched, I've searched Watch Hockey. Uh, came up with some fish games. I've searched uh, FIH. Um, nope, nothing there, only the rules of hockey. So it's all well and good saying uh, the new digital home of hockey is being launched. Uh, what do we search for? I suppose we've just got to wait and see. We just need to be excited at the moment, John. It says download now and you can't download now. No. But what, someone sent us a message. I wonder who that might have been um, talking about this. And the message was, great name, Watch Hockey. Three months working on it. <laughs> Of course, this is the new system powered by Nagra Kudelski, the deal that was announced a few months ago. You can still go to FIH.live, John. All the games are up there, still powered by MyCujo. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that, whether that disappears. I'm sure it will do in time. Now, now you're the technologist here, Mm. Matt. What's the advantage to an app? Because uh, I have, uh, I I can, there's, there's things that there are apps for, uh, I haven't downloaded the app. I just open up my. It's a focus point, John. It's a it's a central point, a hub to get yeah, yeah, every, no, 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 to get on, everything to get everything digital. I I know that there's there's things I use my phone for mm-hmm. that have apps, but I don't need to download the app. I can just open up my browser and mm-hmm. go to the website. Yep. So. So, what, so like go to fih.live and and I'm have, have watch the, it. The, the digital home of hockey streaming. You know, you could even get your local games put up on there. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't... What I'm getting at is you don't need an app to provide that service, do you? Well, unless... So what does the app provide? Well, unless there are in-app purchases, John. Oh. For access. But can't you just do that... Wouldn't you just be able to do that on a website? Uh, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would be able okay. to. So yeah, you, yeah. you could do that as well. So you wouldn't need the app. You'd have to have a website and an app. Yep. Yeah. All with the same content on it. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess, you know, there are TV deals that are, are done in v- various parts of the world that doesn't even matter, really matter if you've got a watch hockey app. If you're in a country which has got a deal that's done already, doesn't matter if you've got the app or not, you're still going to have to go to whoever's got the rights for that sport. Yeah, look, uh, I think you'll find that this area is very, very convoluted and, and no one's sure exactly what's going on because... There's been different deals done by different people with different broadcasters and there's not a, a global deal for anything and I'm not sure that there was a great amount of um, oversight into what people were signing when they were signing it and I'm led to believe that there's some little clause in a lot of these contracts that mean um, basically the hand, the power's in the hands of the broadcasters, not the FIH. So the FIH can't put anything on their app that the broadcasters don't let them put on there. No. Under, uh, the, under the current contract. But this is a 10-year deal that they've done with yeah. Nagra Kodowski, isn't it? So what, what I'm, I think they're hoping is that these other television... They won't be signing any new television deals. That's what I would think, because otherwise, if you're going to sign another television deal again, that content won't be... And if you're trying to concentrate your content on all on just one app... You can't have separate deals with all these separate broadcasters no. going on. So the 10-year deal, okay, within a couple of years, all of those television contracts will have finished. Well, the, the, potentially, yes. But, uh, you know, have Nagra Kodowski been sold a bit of a puppy here? Have, have, have the FIH been, been quite in these two billion fans? And have, oh, have, have, have they gone, oh, well, as Thierry said... Just ten percent of you know of these people. If we got them involved, that would be amazing for the for the sport. Well, the, and Nagra are going. Well, we can make some money off two billion people, can't we? 
I think there, there was that same post that came up with, that we spoke about a few weeks ago. That was retweeted by Shane Warne, the cricketer, this week, and then Findo from Hook Hockey um, looked into that and went, "Oh, is this two billion fi- figure again coming up on there?" Um, but he said he looked into it, and and a lot of the, the stats from all of these reports basically include everybody that lives in India. As a fan of hockey. Well, that's just not true from the amount of Uber drivers that I speak to and try and tell them to download Push Pass Pundits, the Indian Hockey Podcast. Um, there's a, a, a slight affinity, but never played the game. It's not cricket. Um, oh, it's just, you know, it's nice and it's somewhere in the background. They are certainly not fanatical about the sport. Well, it'll be interesting too when it comes around to things like Olympics because FIH doesn't have the rights to no. sell the Olympic Games. That's their, that competition. So I would assume that's never going to find its way onto the app. No. No, because um, individual rights for individual countries. And as we know, certainly here in Australia, <laughs> you barely get to see your own nation's games played yeah. out in, in their entirety, let alone watch any of the other games happening for, for different nations. That's right. Uh, it's, <laughs> wait and see how this moves forward. If we sound a tad little bit cynical about all this... It's probably because we've seen it all before. We've seen it all before, and uh, I'm sure world bowling are seeing it all now. They probably (laughs) are. They probably are. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. And you know, John, I think it's uh, time. Mystery. Okay. Right. Let's open it up, John. Let's have a look what have we got here today. Well, oh, I think we've got some beauties here What's today. What's the back page today? Right. It's uh, TAA again. Oh. The, uh, the, the airline there. Sportsmen this, yeah. everywhere agree TAA is Australia's finest airlines. This is uh, July 1957. Whoa. Page number two. Straight into it. Japan to stage an Asiatic tourney in Tokyo. Japan, who, it is reported, withdrew from the Olympic Hockey Series in Melbourne because they had drawn India in the first round, have arranged for a hockey tournament to be played as part of the third Asiatic Games to be staged in Tokyo from May the 24th to June the 1st, 1958. As Japan is said to be one of the four hockey nations expected to compete in the third World Youth Festival Games in Moscow next month, it's likely that the USSR may send a team to Tokyo next year. Russia it is believed, now has 32 teams, most of whom were former bandy players. Bandy, for the enlightenment of the uninformed, is a wild form of hockey which originated in Wales and it is, surprisingly enough, still played in parts of Australia. The Reverend Canon W.T. Gray, an Englishman, can claim the distinction of introducing hockey into Japan. He taught the game to the undergraduates of the Keio University in Tokyo in 1905. The Japanese proceeded to play the game all year round in order to improve our game to perfection. The game gained a sudden popularity when the military cadet school at Toyama, Ushigame, must be Ushigama, took it up in 1922. The Japanese Hockey Union was formed in 1923. One of the most notable events in the development of Japanese hockey was when the Crown Prince and his brother Prince Chichibu played the game as rival centre-forwards with officers of the army at Toyama School. By 1926, there were 50 clubs in Japan, and at, and at an intervarsity match that year between Keio and Waseda, there were 12,000 spectators. Wow. Hockey in Japan has now regained much of its pre-war playing strength and popularity. Excellent. A bit of uh, history on uh, the formation of Japanese hockey there. Uh, let's move on to Rift in Women's Hockey. Ooh. Control of women's hockey in oh. in- <clears throat> control of women's hockey in India is divided, and there is little chance of a compromise between the two widely differing national bodies. The Indian women's team, who played in the world's tournament in Sydney in 1956, were under the control of the All India Women's Hockey Association. <laughs> the rival body is the Women's Hockey Federation of India. So far, the All India Council of Sports has had little success in its efforts to make peace between the two factions operating against, operating against the progress of women's hockey in India. Ah. That's 1957. Ah. Well, I mean, what's really interesting going back through the history of uh, women's hockey at the Olympic Games, because essentially... 
women's hockey didn't wasn't at the Olympic Games until 1980 because yeah. they didn't want to be at the Olympic Games. No. Well, one side didn't want to be and the other side didn't. This is all on one page from the 12th man, by the way. Uh, we'll stay in India. Open season for umpires. It is certainly an open season for umpires. A writer in Sport and Pastime India had this to say regarding the National Hockey Championship in Bombay, won for the first time in 27 years by railways. Umpiring throughout the series was deplorably poor. This proved that hockey is yet another game that could be spoiled by an umpire. Yeah, I heard that about Saturday. That stalwarts of Olympic fame, gentle and paramal, should take to such types of defence as were never seen in Indian hockey passes one's understanding. The way gentle howled Pani of Mysore by the arm preventing him from advancing into the goal is just one incident which is no precedent. An overseas colleague of mine watching the game wondered what Indian hockey had come to. When he, when he was told that the offender was gentle, he had a hearty laugh and remarked, he's anything but gentle. <laughs> Still in India, Balbir Singh uh, recently departed. Yeah. Balbir plays for women. Balbir Singh, India's Olympic captain, whose major appearance since the Melbourne Games was in the recent Gold Cup hockey tournament at Bombay, was invited to Simla for the Summer Festival, reports Sport and Pastime. The opening event was a hockey match between a women's team and a team consisting of veterans. The veterans, who were playing with one hand, went ahead in the first half, <laughs> scoring a goal through their inside right, Kulwant Guman. Women, oh, sorry, through their inside right. Kulwant Guman, women's centre-half, put aside on level term, terms before the interval. The second half did not produce any goals, and extra time was played to decide the issue. <laughs> Balbir Singh, Singh was requested to assist the women's eleven, which he chivalrously agreed to do. He took the inside rights position and soon gained his side a goal. This proved the match winner for the women's eleven. They should have made him play right hand, left-handed. Well, they might have been just only one hand. I thought just one-handed. Right-handed. Oh, just one. One just one-handed. Which Probably, hand would you play with? You choose if you had a choice. Yeah, I'd go right-handed. Would you? Yeah. Uh, one more from this page, and that will be the end of uh, MMF for, uh, for this week. Down Argentina way. Men's hockey is growing in South America, and Argentina uh, has now approached the International Hockey Federation to have hockey included in the Pan American Games. The introduction of hockey to the, Arge- to, the Argen- to the Argentina to Argentina followed the usual pattern. In 1914, it was started by British people who had settled in the country, and today, the Association Amateur Argentina of Hockey on grass, in brackets, is a flourishing body. There are 50 clubs in Buenos Aires representing over 3,000 men and women players. Argentina competed in the Olympic Games in London in 1948, and although they did not get a place, they were one of the two nations to score a goal against India. Their national team trained for six months to play at Helsinki, and on the eve of their departure were banned from competing by their government of the day. Argentina is anxious for visits from overseas teams, and they say, who will grasp the outstretched hand and enable us to achieve these international matches. They've come on a bit since then, haven't they? They have indeed. Tick. If in doubt, John, <laughs> just give it a whack. You're listening to the Reverse Tick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Uh, what else you got, mate? I, time go. I did did ask a question of uh, of Keeley the other day with regard to that that incident on umpiring with players breaking. What happens when you've sent everybody up to the halfway line for breaking and then possibly the goalkeeper? What happens? She's going to answer it in Ruley Tuesday. Oh, do okay. check out fhumpires fhumpires dot com and uh, the excellent Ruley Tuesday section. You can send. You got a query, John, about umpiring about certain. Decisions that come on the field, you can get in touch with Keely at FH Umpires. I thought any questions I have for Keely, I might say for unruly Saturday after the game. Mm. <laughs> we could, we could, uh, um, do have a very, uh, very quick one for you today. That's, oh. That's oh. Now this is an anonymous correspondent, uh, John. I miss. Sorry, dear John. I miss hockey, but I'm zoomed out. What can I do to keep the passion alive? I miss hockey, but I'm zoomed out. Yeah. Oh, you mean, well, so you just have had too much of online hockey, I guess. Yeah. Uh, how can you keep the passion alive? Um, it's not a relationship. 
Isn't it? Do you know, it's I've a game. A, it's a deep spiritual relationship that I have with the game. It's, is it? Yeah. What does your wife think of that? <laughs> we know what my wife thinks about me in hockey. I think probably most of the listeners do as well. <laughs> um, um, oh, that's, well, how do you keep the passion alive? Um, have a break? You know, it's, it's, well, sometimes a break can work. Yeah. Um, obviously, just stay away from all that Zoom stuff anyway, because I think in the last few months there's just been so much of it. It's easy to inundate your brain with just a whole pile of useless information. Um, not saying that everything on these webinar thingies is useless, but it's just so much that it's yeah, very there hard. Is, there to is enter. overload. Yeah. Well, this is obviously our correspondent. This is the issue. So you want to rekindle your passion. Uh, maybe you could uh, take your stick out for a nice, quiet dinner. Candlelight <laughs> dinner. <laughs> maybe. maybe what about going and watch, watching loads of movie? Uh, go and watch loads of sports that you don't like. That could work. Um, try watching AFL football at the moment. If that doesn't drive you into complete and utter boredom, turned into one of the most boring games on the face of the earth. That thing has. Um, I, I can't. I can't tell you how to recreate the passion. Right. You, you either have it and it's there, or it's gone. Could and be. it's got to. It'll either come back by itself, or it may never come back. You hear about players who've been around a sport for a long time at the top level, and they'll they'll start talking. Well, I just lost the passion for it. Yeah. For for doing it at that level. So I would suggest lose the passion for Zoom, and keep the passion. For the game, for playing the game. Now, at the moment, we don't have the opportunities. I speak deep breath. Calm. Breathe in. Breathe out. And if you keep doing that, eventually, you'll be able to go back and play again. You might like hockey again. Or if not... No, you will like hockey again. you just got to just relax and and let things flow through you. What was it Bruce Lee used to say about uh, learn, you know, you learn, live and forget. Did he? So, yeah, yeah. Did, he, did he play hockey? No, but I reckon he would have been a pretty good hockey player, just quietly. All right, so all else fails, candlelit dinner with your stick. Yep. Dear John. <sighs> um, you were talking about um, getting bored at events, John. Pro League's back, 22nd and 23rd of September. <laughs> Germany versus Belgium. Men and women's games coming up, uh, of course... Some nations don't play again until April. But everyone's really excited about it. It's back... Uh, oh, later than that, if you're India. Uh, uh, I think it's April there. They're due back as They're well. They're the last ten games. Yeah, of I, think it's, I, think, I think it's April. I read something from, from, from Manpreet or someone the other day. Uh, but it's coming back, John, and who knows, yeah. we might be able to see it on the Watch Hockey app. No, you won't, because Foxtel owns the rights oh, here. Okay, all right. Can you use the VPN to go through the app? Look into that, Ooh. and we won't let you know about it. No, we can't, because that would be illegal. But we will let you know. We will let you know about all of the wonderful live streams that are happening over the coming weekend. There's stuff happening here in Western Australia. There's stuff yep. happening in Brisbane. We know that there is sure to be some other um, feeds coming up from around the world. So do follow at the Hockey Live on on Twitter and on Facebook. And of course all that WA stuff, we're just about to get to the finals. Exciting, and uh, there's yeah. some good hockey being played, so if you can catch any of the finals there, uh, especially the Australian B team that's in, currently <laughs> in, in the local tournament, uh, that, that should be exciting for people to watch. Yeah. Um, on, on just a quick note on the local side of things, yeah. um, before we leave, uh, Ryan, thanks for your support. Sorry to see you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just leave it at that. Thanks, and we Ryan. might we might get Ryan on in a few weeks' time. He's going yeah. into a different sporting role and spent some good time in hockey here, so be interesting to, I'm, to I'm get I'm actually some predicting that there might be a big future for him at World Bowls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking it could be something. Folks, thanks for joining us for episode 161. The dad joke. Really? Yeah, because we did pump up that they were having the contest, so we might as well let people know what the winner was. Shouldn't we do that? Yeah, go on then. Okay, the winning... Oh, I've got to look it up on... But the, the winning joke... This was the Hockey Australia competition, Hockey Australia, wasn't Father's it? Day, a, fa- bad, a Father's Day joke. Bad yeah. joke. Oh, yeah. now I've got to scroll down. There's a post from Ashley, yeah. and he's been busy. 
Marshall Amp, some bloke drumming. Well, John's at the moment is scrolling through Facebook, and of course you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the Reverse Stick. Just search Hockey Australia, and then you can oh yeah, you can do that. You can do that. It's incredible, isn't it? What you can do uh, these days. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us, folks. As I was just saying, um, John's going to find this joke any moment now. It's going to be worth waiting for. I hope it's worth waiting for. Here we go. Congratulations. We go. Winner, winner announced. And this is uh, Amelia. Well done, Amelia. Uh, yeah, Amelia, thanks. Oh, no, it's Amelia. That's her <laughs> name. No, it's not Amelia. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to all that entered. Uh, there were some truly terrible jokes and certainly plenty of new material looking for some inspiration. Now, this is the winner from Amelia. A piece of string walks into a bar. The barman says... Sorry, we don't serve string here. So the piece of string walks out, ties a loop in his neck, ruffles up his hair and walks back in. The barman, barman says, Weren't you the piece of string that was just in here? And the string replies, No, I'm afraid not. I thought Zalewski's, um dad joke was better. It I was. thought they yeah. should have given it to, to Adam. Sorry. Aaron. Aaron. Adam. I'm getting... Him would start with the other one. Uh, thanks for your support. Oh, oh, what an amazing end to the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> flying we are today. Good luck this weekend. You too, mate. You, uh, you playing tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I'll be playing. Fantastic. Win tomorrow, we're in the grand final. Oh, there so, we go. Five in a row for you, that'll be, won't it? It will be. Looking forward to it. Yeah, if you're playing this weekend, hope you have a win. And uh, don't forget, just give it a whack. <laughs> Someone give him a whack. <laughs> See you for 162, folks. Okay.